Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. This week on The Pinball Show, we have a double feature for you. That's because we here at TPN just love you. Today, you're going to hear a mini episode from The Correspondents. Shake and Bake Bobby talks release date of Stern's title. Morrison gets feisty with Jojo Kapow. Kenny Bergenstein fills you in on the upcoming online platform wars. The Cause discusses AP's new co-op features. And The Doctor is in the house with a mini interview with Homepin's Mike and their upcoming pinball title, Spinal Tap. Then, in a couple of days, I will be back here with a full analysis of these news bits, as well as to serenade your temporal lobe with the details of Stern Pinball's newest Keith Elwin game. So until then, always practice safe pinball and Mylar up. It's time for TPN Industry News. Hello and welcome to the Pinball Show's Stern News Update. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, hotter than the new apparel collection from Flippin' Out Pinball, now available online at flippinoutpinball.com, comes confirmation of the reveal date of Stern's next machine. Yes, that's right, the much-rumored and talked-about next pin from Stern will be courtesy of the greatest of all time himself, Keith Elwin, as he takes on Japan's greatest monster and keiju of all time in Godzilla. Fans of Keith's game will remember that just over one year ago today, Stern announced the Marvel comic-themed Avengers Infinity Quest back in August of 2020, which went on to be nominated for Game of the Year. Previous to that, Keith won Game of the Year two years in a row with the 2018 rock metal classic Iron Maiden and the 2019 dinosaur-themed Jurassic Park. Fans of Keith's are eagerly awaiting Keith's signature style of generally unique and interesting layouts, one or two good mechanical mechs paired with complex and entertaining code that seems to satisfy both the home and tournament player alike. And let's not forget, Keith is also rumored to be paired once again with everyone's favorite stern artist in Zombie Yeti, who no doubt will deliver an industry-leading art package once again. All these ingredients will no doubt make Stern's Godzilla one of the most anticipated and popular machines of 2021. And let's not forget Godzilla will also be the debut title where Stern pre-installs their new Stern Insider connected device on all machines. Stern Insider Connected will connect owners and operators not only to the internet, but to Stern's proprietary network. Insider Connected will offer users and operators a set of tools to drive location play, build player loyalty through achievements and trophies, analyze performance, allow some game adjustments remotely, and although not yet confirmed, most likely will connect others over the internet for co-op gameplay, tournaments, and player leaderboards. So when can Elwin and Godzilla fans expect to see this new reveal? My confirmed sources are telling me that this Wednesday, September the 8th, should be circled on everyone's calendars around the world as Godzilla Pinball Day. But you guessed it, we shall have to wait and see. Well that's all for this week for The Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby, catch you on the flip side. Matt Morrison with the Chicago Gaming Update for the week. A couple extra tidbits from last week's seminar. 
They made a total of 378 Royal Editions and no more to be made after that. So with the 2023 run lined up, there will not be any Royal Editions, but you can make your own Royal Edition without the powder coat with all the upgrade kits. There will be a new operating system for all new games moving forward. It isn't going to be retroactive on older games or new runs of older games. Um, at some point in the production of Medieval Madness, they added a direct drive motor to the drawbridge. You can look up some pictures in the online pinside threads. LTG has some great photos. There was also an original revision to Medieval Madness with some gear changes in the manual. You can check that out. The most interesting piece of news this week came from the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. And they interviewed Joe Kamikow, and around the 45-minute mark, Joe is commenting on pinball collectors going in on rare titles. Quote, Oh my god, I want Cactus Canyon. Cactus Canyon wasn't any good when Williams made it, the first time. It wasn't even collectible then, and it was the last gasp of a dying company then. Why does someone think it's bad, it's collectible, it's beyond me? <laughs> I thought this was pretty funny. To be fair, Joe sounded like he just woke up from a nap in the Batmobile. Also claimed no one sells Data East Simpsons or Lethal Weapon 3. Now I normally don't interject my personal feelings, but I mean, he was coming out swinging and flexing hard. Data East GNR sells for more than the current model of JJP. Maybe the standard he was talking about. Just a reminder, Mr. Kamikow's highest charting game was the original GNR at 63 and Cactus Canyon at 48. If we use the bad is collectible argument and low production numbers theory, why doesn't Viper night driving sell for like 10 grand? I guess trending up, Zach, is Viper, Simpsons, and anything Data East. Back to you guys. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. With Stern's announcement of the Insider Connected platform last week, it might be a good time to consider the current state of internet-connected pinball machines. I've reported in the past on Jersey Jack's integration with Scorebit, which is another approach to online connectivity. Both systems allow players to track scores, look at leaderboards, and complete challenges. They also allow operators to better keep tabs on their machines. They both require additional hardware and or software for the machines, as well as signing up for accounts with the respective companies. One key difference is that Scorebit allows virtually any solid-state game to be connected, including the most recent offerings from Spooky and Jersey Jack Pinball, which has the functionality integrated in all new releases. Stern Insider Connected is only available on current and future Spike 2 games. Some current Scorbit fans and Jersey Jack Pinball owners are not excited about the appearance of a new platform, as it will potentially fragment the player base and require multiple apps to track scores. Which platform, if either, will come out on top remains to be seen, and it will be interesting to see if two systems can survive within this niche hobby. Once again, it appears to be Jersey Jack Pinball versus Stern in a battle for your pinball attention and dollars. For the Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg. Hey, this is Kaz with an update on American Pinball. Michael Grant and Josh Kugler joined Jack Danger streaming Houdini on the Dead Flip Twitch channel this past week. There's some updates to the game and it also introduced an all-new co-op team play mode. They also mentioned that Oktoberfest and Hot Wheels will also receive new updates to include the co-op mode as well. There's going to be some more streams to come in the upcoming weeks. 
And also, David Fix was a guest on the latest Pinball News and Pinball Magazine podcast. He talked a whole lot about game number four. They want to reveal that sometime either in late September, early October to have the games ready for Pinball Expo. Hopefully, even to have games available for sale by Expo. He also mentioned that American Pinball has four games in development. He talks a lot about licensing and has a lot of info on Pinball Expo. So I hope everybody has a great week, has fun playing pinball. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Cosner. Hi, and welcome to this week's SHIT update with Dr. John on the Pinball Show. So our hates this week's going to be a little substitute from Haggis to Home Pin with the announcement of their release of their next title for worldwide distribution, and that, of course, being Spinal Tap. This is based on the movie of the same name. This is Spinal Tap, which is a bit of a cult classic, loved by some and unknown by others. I had a chat with Mike out of Taiwan. Bit of a disclaimer, there's been some controversy with Mike in the past, and I addressed this with him. But in this chat, I really wanted to focus on the pinball machine to let people know what to look forward to. If you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board, oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11, and then amps go up to 10. Exactly. Good morning, Mike, and congratulations on the announcement of your next title. Thanks very much. It's uh, been a, a long, hard slog to secure the license. It's, uh, it's a lot more tricky and difficult to secure licenses, you know, well-known licenses such as Spinal Tap than, than some people might realise. So we're finally, we're happy to finally be there where we've got the licence and uh, we've developed the machine and all's looking pretty positive at the moment. Now, I know you're not keen to talk about who designed it or who's doing the rules for the game, but can you tell us anything about the design progress um, as the game went into development. Uh, it wasn't designed by one person, by the way. It was designed by several of the team, and uh, including myself. So, okay, I'll put my hand up if you like. We started by designing things that were specifically Spinal Tap, things that spoke Spinal Tap before we even considered any form of layout, such as an exploding drummer. That's a given with Spinal Tap. And getting trapped in a pod and going backstage and, and all these types of things. We had a big, long list when we brainstormed all of this very early in the piece and came up with some key things that we decided needed to be mechanisms because they they just screamed spinal tap that was where we started but i do have to ask was there much of an overlap between the designer of thunderbirds and the designer of this game oh not so much uh, one of the guys had a little bit to say about thunderbirds but it was more along the lines of oh i guess it was closer with liaising with artwork and stuff more so than design work really uh, we know we made a lot of mistakes with thunderbirds and uh it was our first machine. You know, everybody has to start somewhere. People, companies like Stern, for example, were very fortunate. They started a long, long, long time ago when they could build electromechanical machines that were so basic it's not funny and advance through to solid-state machines. You know, they, they were able to grow the business over many, many, many years and introduce new mechanisms over time as, they, as the machines became more and more complicated. We were thrown in at the deep end from day one having to come out with a medieval madness beater as our first game and and that just was never going to happen it just that's just too much of an ask and can you discuss the operating system of the game what sort of board sets it using what sort of uh, displays and features has it got i'm pleased to say it's an extension of our uh, one of our um, commercial machines that we made for porsche 
and it has a orange DMD and a 27-inch LCD, both. It's the first pinball machine, as far as I'm aware. Well, Porsche would be the first. This would be the second uh, that has both. Basically, the DMD looks after the scoring and the uh, and the players and so on, and interesting uh, animations that fit with uh, with Marshall. Marshall Amplification are on board. We have a license with them as well. So the display fills that little void there, while the 27-inch monitor at the top, which I'm not a fan of, by the way, just for the record, shows various clips. Our, our Spinal Tap license is only for the movie and associated posters and things. For the movie, this is Spinal Tap. It's not for anything prior that they did. It's not for anything more recent. It's only for that movie. So we can show clips from the movie. We can, we can use anything at all we like from the movie. And that's where we're taking advantage of the, of the monitor to show clips as it's appropriate with the gameplay. And when do you expect uh, the world will see images of the game or some gameplay, that sort of thing? We'll probably release some cabinet images in another couple of months when we're starting to sort of push them out the door, uh, we've already got quite substantial advance orders from our agents. I'm going to leave it up to the agents to deal with the actual release of machines, as in showing gameplay and, and play field shots and things. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave it entirely in their hands. I'm happy to show the cabinet and uh, and our art, with, with which is quite spectacular i think but uh others will probably judge that uh, one thing i can say if you're a uh, a tournament player and you love deep rule sets do not buy one of these machines because that's not what we do if you want something like that you better go and buy something else because our game is a very straightforward simple game and uh, we're not interested in getting involved in stuff that's 10 mile deep in rules i asked mark about expected pricing for the game um, and he explained with the current costs of materials being as much as 50% more than they were it's a bit hard to put a direct price on the game and he's going to leave final pricing up to the distributors once he works out the costs for transport and tax etc. I also asked about is there a limit to the numbers of games and anticipating being able to build around 20 a month with a three-year license so it'll depend on the demand for the game on how many final games are constructed. There will only be one model with no special editions or limited editions or collected editions um, but there will be availability for addition of a shaker motor and importantly for Zach a motorized smoking topper which will be available for separate purchase as well. So that's it for this week, all about Spinal Tap. Hope you learned something, uh, and we'll see in a couple of months what the game looks like. Catch you all next week.